This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Sierra 117, with a shout out to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Keep your heads up during this time of isolation. Stay positive. Play some games. Most importantly, finish the fight. Thanks for listening to XEP. Master Chief, out. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 86 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Sunday, June 13th, 2021. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, we're joined by Miles Dompierre of Windows Central to reflect on the impressive Xbox and Bethesda showcase for E3 and other goings-on around the Gamerverse. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I am wont to do each and every week, I like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week, the words of kindness go to my guest, Mr. Miles Dompier of Windows Central, who I have had the privilege and pleasure to be on several shows with of late XEP. Uh, we were on BitCast as well. Miles, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely, Luke. Thanks for inviting me. I'm stoked to talk to you today we're coming right off the back of the big xbox and bethesda game showcase so a lot of energy and excitement and um can't wait to get into it man i cannot tell you just how uh impressed and exhausted i am after having seen that conference i know we were talking just before recording we got a lot of info in there and i'm looking at their press release that they just put out and uh it, it feels accurate we saw 30 games 27 of which are in game pass which is just astounding when you think about it uh certainly working to combat the narrative that xbox xbox has no games uh and i am i'm feeling more confident about that than i ever have before uh first impressions on looking back to the showcase what do you think man I was really impressed by the pacing of everything because they started off oddly enough with Starfield, which we, when we were on Bitcast, most of us didn't really expect Starfield first, but in, in hindsight, that was a really good move. They came out and said, this is Starfield. This is the mm -hmm. next big Bethesda game, the first new Bethesda IP in a long time. And you know what? This is an Xbox exclusive. If you want to mm -hmm. play the biggest and best Bethesda games, we are part of Xbox now. And then to further that, they they straight up said, I believe it was Sarah Bond who said, you know, Bethesda is not a partner. Bethesda is part of the Xbox team, which I love that messaging. I wanted this showcase to be about that messaging. And I think they absolutely nailed that with, with the big stuff from Bethesda that they showed. Certainly agree. My biggest question mark going into this episode of, of this episode of this showcase was just how they would... D demonstrate that Beth Bethesda is part of the Xbox ecosystem, part of the Xbox family, and not uh, tangential to it, not an aside, not a, a piece of it, but instead uh, 
overall one within the family. And I thought they did a very good job of that. They sprinkled Bethesda throughout. It wasn't like we had a hard stop. This is the end of the Xbox showcase. This is now Bethesda. It was, it was sprinkled throughout showcasing Starfield off the bat was, uh, I thought, a very wise decision. They included the release date as well. They made it very clear that it's exclusive. They didn't really show much in the way of gameplay. In fact, I leave this showcase still not being 100% sure just what Starfield is. Nonetheless, I thought it was a rather impressive teaser overall. I totally agree. Um, yeah, what we saw of Starfield was really cool. Um, there was a lot of conversations early on, early on in the year as to whether or not Xbox and Bethesda would be this hard divide. And we've, you know, people went back and forth. And, you know, not to toot my own horn or anything, but I feel like Phil Spencer and I are on the same wavelength because ahead mm-hmm. of the show, I was saying, I don't want a hard divide. Please don't mm-hmm. have a hard divide between Xbox and Bethesda. There was no hard divide. I also, ahead of the show, I was like, I don't want to see acquisition news. I know there was a lot of rumors, a lot of energy and anticipation regarding acquisitions. And I was like, please don't make the first big show with Bethesda feature a bunch of acquisitions. It sets mm-hmm. weird messaging. And there were there was no talk of any acquisitions at this show. It was just game on game on game on game. And the stuff from Bethesda was like a nice cap. Like it's kicked the show off and it ended the show, which I thought was beautiful. And it's exactly what I wanted from the showcase. So I'm, I'm reeling. I'm feeling really good. Couldn't agree more. And I was checking the social spaces as well to see just how uh, the internet was feeling because that could be, they can be a very harsh critic. And uh, Jeff Keeley put out a a poll that when I last checked at the time of this recording had over 20,000 people uh, answering and 70% total were saying A or B. Uh, it was a combined, you know, like 30 and 40% or something like that, uh, but seemingly very high on it overall. I w- am inclined to agree. I felt like the showcase got an A, I guess, in my sense of the word. Uh, it was actually the second game they showed, Stalker 2, that I was more downtrodden on of, of all things. And I wasn't expecting myself to be, but it just ran long. And it was very slow. And I, I felt like the the Stalker 2 showcase looked a lot like Metro Exodus. Uh just you know better looking uh in some ways and it didn't do much to discern me there but if that was my low point i'm feeling great about this showcase because i'm still <laughs> gonna get stalker too i still thought it was impressive to see it was just a slower paced trailer uh but from there we we had back for blood we had avalanches new game yakuza news battlefield i mean there was a lot in just the first 20 to 25 minutes there um, when we saw Back for Blood, and unfortunately it was leaked early uh, by the video itself, that mm-hmm. Back for Blood would be day one Game Pass. But I thought, uh, nonetheless, it still hit pretty well to be coming to Game Pass day one. Yeah, this is a game I was going to buy day one without question. I love Left 4 Dead. I was ready. I've been wanting Left 4 Dead 3 for a decade, and this was that. I've played the alpha. The game feels incredible, looks incredible. Cannot wait to play it on Series X. So. You know, as much as people wanted Battlefield, I'm honestly a little more hyped that Back for Blood is launching in day one into Game Pass because before that kind of video accidentally um, confirmed this, I didn't mm. see that coming. I was was not expecting Back for Blood to come to Xbox Game Pass, and it felt really good to see it. 27 out of the 30 games we saw at the Xbox Showcase, Game Pass day one which is huge. And that was, that was cool. That was really exciting. 
cannot agree more there. Back for Blood looking great, very much looking like what I would have thought Left 4 Dead 3 would be. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of multiplayer PvP elements to that. A lot of PvE is the basis of the game. Uh, really impressed by what they're doing with Back for Blood. Uh, it is it's weird to me because back for blood is now necessary. I thought it was kind of living alone in its window of release. And now it's living among many games that are coming out between September through December. And uh, I am ecstatic for it. Back for blood looking great. We saw avalanches new game and they were the studio that was often rumored by the insider world to be shown to be acquired. But uh, we saw their new game contraband, or we should, should say we saw a teaser for it. Mm-hmm. That's a impressive a teaser. teaser. Yeah, CG trailer overall. I guess you'll be smuggling things. That was kind of my takeaway. Yes, so I'm I'm excited. I can talk a little bit more about this now. So mm-hmm. yes, contraband is confirmed. That was the the project typhoon that we've been teasing for a while. And there you go. You know, it's confirmed that it was made by Avalanche. We didn't really confirm that, but yes, we had heard that Avalanche was making Project Typhoon, um, which we later found out was going to be called Contraband. And mm-hmm. it sounds like this is an open world co-op kind of heist game. And so they mm-hmm. kind of, you got some teases of that when they were like looking at the map and you were planning out your kind of strategy. So it seems mm-hmm. like this big, massive multiplayer game that's not so much focused on combat, but kind of like collaborating to pull off these kind of like Ocean's Eleven style elaborate heists is, is what it sounds like. And I can't wait to see that in action. Mm-hmm. Where's your temperature gauge on this one? I need to see it. I really need to see what, because the premise sounds cool and Avalanche has proven themselves to be incredible with open world sandbox style games. So Mm -hmm. that alone gives me confidence that it will be fun, but I need to see it. I'm at like a, I'd say a seven or an eight. Certainly. Right now. But if uh, if the gameplay blows up, then yeah, I'm, I'm all in. I agree. I mean, it's the creators of Just Cause. So you know there's a lot of potential for shenanigans, uh, to say the least. But uh, like you, I want to see more. But that teaser was enough to to perk my eyes and say, okay, next time I see this name come up, I will be looking for more news. And that's that's exactly what it's there for, right? That's exactly, exactly. what it's there for. Now, news that you and I were probably both giddy over, and I know that I lost it uh, on, on stream just when I saw this. Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves, which is arguably one of the most successful IP, huge number of concurrent players, constantly adding content to the game. This looks like they're getting a massive expansion with Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life, featuring one Jack Sparrow and the entire world, seemingly, of Pirates of the Caribbean. I lost my mind. What was your like kind of first impulse when you saw it? same dude uh, we were live streaming over on windows central gaming you could see the chat just being like miles is loving this i was so stoked on that i couldn't i couldn't believe how huge it was because mm-hmm. again like the pirates of the caribbean sea of thieves crossover we we got some leaked information on that so we mm-hmm. so i knew that was coming so my like my friend group like i wanted to tell people so bad for, mm-hmm. for so long now that I heard about this, I was expecting a tease. I was expecting them to like do some Sea of Thieves stuff and at the end you see a brief glimpse of Jack Sparrow and that's it. And then mm-hmm. they'd be like, oh, it's coming in six months or whatever, coming in 2022. That's what I was expecting. When they show this extended trailer 
with Jack Sparrow, with Davy Jones, with Mermaids. If you're a Sea of Thieves fan, we've been yelling about Mermaids since launch. New yep. like crab enemies, new enemy variety. And then they got Johnny Depp as Jack Sparrow. Like how? Was that actually Johnny Depp? That really was him? That had to be Johnny Depp. There's no way that was not Johnny Depp. Because there's there's so legalities good. involved when it comes to like having the likeness of someone and then also impersonating their voice. That's mm-hmm. why they're like with Terminator, like they couldn't mm. get Arnold Schwarzenegger's voice, but they had like a, a dude who kind of sounded like him. And it was this uncanny gotcha. va- valley. But that dude, that had to be Johnny Depp. That had to be Johnny Depp. It was too, too perfect. Sea of Thieves is one of those games that I think many people sleep on, but also many people don't realize just how, huge the player base is the audience is it it is a massive game and for them to be getting another kind of story driven element here but also adding enemy types i mean this is a games of service that is managed to do a really wonderful monetization model that doesn't feel predatory at all uh, i bought i've bought bought i have purchased both blunder <laughs> passes to date and been very pleased with it there's a lot of great game here and now if you'll forgive the pun the depth is that much more with new enemy types mermaids uh, i was seeing iconic ships from from pirates of the caribbean this is a match made in heaven from the right team to make it and i'm so freaking pumped i hope this brings more people into the sea of thieves they've done a lot better job at helping people onboard into that game uh and it just looks incredible i mean i i i was stunned by the character models like it really did surprise me just how good a job they did bringing the the pirates of the caribbean that jack sparrow character into the world of sea of thieves Seeing Davy Jones for the first time yes. in this trailer, I was like, oh, man. it took me back to seeing uh, Dead Man's Chest for the first time, like seeing Pirates of the Caribbean 2 for the first time in theaters. That's kind of the mm-hmm. energy and vibes I felt when I saw this. And I was like, yes, it's it's funny to me because before I had heard about this collaboration, this this collaboration never crossed my mind once, oddly enough. And now that I see it, it is the most obvious perfect collaboration that has ever existed in video games mm-hmm. at most i think i because i mean when i when we when i got deep into sea of thieves again pardon the pun i'm sorry uh but when i really got into it i was watching a lot of pirates of the caribbean just because i liked you know the pirate life and the aesthetic there and i thought at most we might get a ship you know or a ship that we might get a character model for the black pearl and that would be in the game we get a livery i should say uh, and this is beyond my wildest dreams. And I think uh, a lot of new players and a lot of of players that have been there since day one are going to find something special here. Uh, Match made in heaven could not be happier. I mean, I literally screamed it. I mean, they did it. They did it. They nailed it with that one. They Yes, like you said, so much more content than I was expecting. And it's coming so soon. It's like a week. Yeah, like June one 22nd. week. What? Yeah. I'm, Dude, I'm stoked. I'm when stoked. I saw that date, I wanted to just scream. I could not believe it because the the Sea of Thieves team has to be so pumped. You you have to know they've been working on this for so long and have wanted to talk about it for so long. When I interviewed uh, Joni and Mike Chapman, like I was trying to squeeze some details, uh, mm-hmm. specifically mermaids. I'm like, you've been teasing it. When when are you going to give us the mermaids? And they're just like, hmm. hmm. And so it to me, it's it's. It's funny that at that point in time, they had to know this was happening and they were just waiting to scream it because that reveal was huge. I was 
I was feeling that reveal for like that carried like 20 more minutes into the show for me. Same, same really and truly. And that, and that got me rehyped for what was already a decent show at that point, but the pace just kept going, which I thought was really cool. We spent longer on sea of thieves than I thought, and they just kept sending out these big vibes. Yakuza like a dragon dropping into game pass uh, today, or at least at the time of this recording today. Uh, and then right from that battlefield 2042 gameplay putting to rest any concerns that i had about this whole 70 dollars thing which i wasn't really too worried about but the traversal the gameplay of battlefield looks to be an homage for fans of old uh and a lot of special for fans that are that are just gonna be entering into that world i felt the same way uh because honestly i've i'll play battlefield once every several years Usually it's I'm getting the first Battlefield of the gen like Battlefield 4 on Xbox One was was stoked about the first Battlefield on Xbox 360 also excited about. So I went into this kind of the reveal, not the Xbox showcase, but the reveal earlier this week being like, okay, let's see, like anticipation wasn't high. I left that reveal feeling really excited about this game and then seeing the gameplay that absolutely sold me. Like, I know people have their complaints about the lack of campaign, price tag, whatever it might be. It's not coming to Game Pass now. That is confirmed, but I'm buying that day one. That game looks like an absolute blast. I'm glad they toned down the realism and just said, you know what? Be dumb with it. Be ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Here's a giant tornado. Here's a wingsuit. Here is a quad jumping and exploding into a helicopter. Here's your sandbox. Go wild. And I was like, all right, I'm in. Could not agree more. It was really neat, I think, as well, to watch the traversal methods of zip lines and, and hopping off into the wingsuit. Uh, and they, they do such a good job with weather and physics and vehicles. And again, they're having some fun with it. Like you said, they're having some fun with it. And uh, it made me that much more excited for when the game comes out. And I, I will say to any listener, I have no qualms about a $70 price tag. Uh, campaign or not, that game looks quality at this point. Uh, and I'm very anxious to see uh, how they manage the release into EA Play, trials, whether it comes to Game Pass six months out, a year, whatever they handle there. Those are fun business things for me to watch as well. Yeah, it's, it is it is nice that even without Game Pass, because I know there was so much energy behind the, the Battlefield coming to Game Pass conversations that people just thought that was the truth, that that was mm-hmm. 100% confirmed. We're going to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as I saw Back for Blood launching in October, I was like, okay, that pretty much confirms Battlefield is not launching into Fully Game agree. Pass. But that being said, we all at least get 10 hours to decide whether or not we want to spend the 70 bucks, which I think is really cool because with a multiplayer only game with 10 hours, you you'll have a good idea of whether or not this is something you're going to spend 10, 20, 30 hours more. And is it worth 70 bucks? So I do appreciate that that is an option with Battlefield. They're giving you the full 10 hours. Absolutely. Uh, And the thing about that 10 hours is you can use it how you want in that multiplayer. And so I'm I'm. Very curious to, to just see the fan reaction around Battlefield, how it navigates the the release dates around the rest of the fall, how Call of Duty lands in there. We got multiplayer Halo dropping free uh, this holiday. There's a lot of competition. They've got to deliver it, and it looks like they're bringing their A game. So that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Yes, that is super dope. 
Several games, though, have crowded into the month of August. Right there in in the presentation, we saw Psychonauts 12 Minutes and Hades landing into that August release window. Uh, I know that a ton of people were super stoked for all three of these games in different respects. Hades, of course, award-winning. Psychonauts 2 has the backing of Double Fine. That'll be multi-console as well. And 12 Minutes is... is uh, Highly regarded in the indie community, has a star-studded cast of William Defoe, Daisy Ridley, and for the life of me, I can't remember Professor X's name. Uh, oh, I'm, James McAvoy. Thank you so much, James <laughs> McAvoy. I appreciate it. Um, I've played 12 Minutes way back in 2019, and the game has certainly come a long way there. August looking to be a good month for gamers. Are we eating good? Yeah, 12 Minutes, another one I'm really excited to see come to Game Pass. Would have bought that day one. That looks mm-hmm. like an incredible, unique indie experience. And again, that cast. Willem Dafoe, as soon as I saw his name in the trailer, I was I was sold. That was it. We got Psychonauts 2 as well, which is going to be another uh, incredible get for Xbox Game Pass. And another incredible get for fans of the series. It's been the first Psychonauts game in, what, 15 years? Has it been longer? It might even be longer than that. I never played the first one, and this trailer had me wishing that there was a remaster just so I could experience that world ahead of the the sequel, but I have a feeling Double Fine will take care of us. Nonetheless, that game does look really good. Yes, I, I played Psychonauts back on Xbox. I will admit that I have never beaten Psychonauts. Um, I did really like it though. I remember as a kid really being intrigued and captivated by this world. And I had a, I had a bunch of friends growing up who were like hardcore cult Psychonauts fans. And so there's been this outcry and it was a game that, you know, started just via Kickstarter. Like Double Fine was like, we want to make this, but we, we don't have the budget to do what we want to do. So it got Kickstarted and then it got picked up by Xbox. So now it's got even more of a budget. So the scope and scale of Psychonauts 2, from what I'm hearing, is like dozens of hours. Like this is supposed to be the biggest game that Double Fine has ever made. I'm looking forward to it. And all the hype that I had for those indies, uh, including Somerville, which was shown just after Hades, all of that was escalated tenfold because up next was Halo Infinite. And... I had so many curiosities for how they would manage the uh, yet again, the the next introduction of Halo Infinite after a frustrating show last year uh, that I was very high on. I liked last year's show, but they had a lot of questions they needed answered. They brought Joseph Staten out there. Bonnie Ross was out there. They showcased some story elements, which I thought were uh, very well crafted enough to show the direction they might be going in for those those of us who aren't or those of you who are not nerds like me and read the books which you should totally do shadows of reach is great uh halo infinite man we saw single player we saw multiplayer through the roof were my expectations and through the roof they were met and that's a hard thing to do i lost it where did you land in the halo infinite re 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 reveal I was so happy by the showing of Halo Infinite because I was worried that they, because I had heard exactly what this trailer was. I had mm-hmm. heard ahead of time because some of the stuff was out and about. So I had I had heard how it was going to be shown that they weren't mm-hmm. going to have an extended campaign gameplay, and I was like, oh no, no extended campaign gameplay. People are going to rip it apart. People are going to complain. But then when I saw it, 
I love the narrative beats. I love that they started with the opening shot of of the campaign world, like having the 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 pelican fly over and giving this grand shot of the mm-hmm. scope and scale of this world. That where I, that's where I was like, okay, this is this is this is going to look great. I don't have any doubts about how this game is going to look. I already know it's going to play well, but that was like that got rid of all my doubts. And then cutting to the in-engine like cutscene of mm-hmm. of Chief floating in space making his way through and the lighting was incredible. The detail was incredible. Everything they showed in that cutscene was like what fans, I guess what critics. If you'll pardon were- me interrupting you briefly, I will recommend to any listener, go back to the 4k trailer and watch this on whatever best screen you have in your household. It is absurd seeing this in 4k on an OLED. It is absurd just how good the nicks on the armor look the the depth of field and just how far out you're seeing uh details in the world you are absolutely right miles it's gorgeous it looks and yeah you're totally right i have gone through a couple trailers after this ends i'm gonna go back and watch more but re-watching them in 4k without the 1080p stream compression makes so much of a difference and halo infinite even stream compressed 1080p looked stellar and then the multiplayer hit and i was like let's go dude the confirming the grappling hook for multiplayer showing all the ridiculous stuff you can do with that in multiplayer as soon as i saw the the grappling hook jack the flying vehicle oh Mm -hmm. dude i uh i wasn't even thinking about that when they showed the the grappling hook in campaign and now seeing it in multiplayer it's this completely new dynamic to multiplayer in halo There looks to be a lot of cosmetics, which for anyone that's been playing Master Chief Collection, they've been working to bring cosmetics into the world of Halo uh, at a steady rate. But this was was upped 10 times over. And we know the multiplayer will be free. And I'm comfortable with that. I'm happy with that, uh, provided they can monetize well. And after having played several Xbox Game Studio titles where they're working on healthy monetization models i have a lot of excitement for infinite and just how they're doing it uh the gameplay looked wonderful we know they'll be ripe with game modes ripe with a lot of ways to customize and create things everybody seems to be mentioning uh halo battle royale and i think the world would be great for it Uh, it's a matter of if the community is truly genuinely wanting it and i'm sure there are ways to create it in this this next stage and level of forge Uh, but i was most impressed with the weapons and just how the weapons looked and sounded and moved about watching the grapple hook transition to a sniper rifle was just i was in awe and i feel like i'm waxing poetic on this xbox showcase and a lot of the games here uh, and i'm okay doing that because i really did feel this way throughout watching blasts be repelled back and forth between players it had old school Halo vibes with modern understandings of what Halo truly is. I totally agree. It was what Halo Infinite is doing is reminding longtime fans of why they love Halo and why Halo was so special, while also adding some modern niceties to pull in a fresh audience. The free to play move is going to pull in a huge new audience who maybe have written off Halo as this, you know, old shooter uh, or this shooter that's kind of outdated. And now they're going to have no barrier to entry to check it out and be like, you know, oh, wow. You know what? There's still to this day is nothing quite like Halo in the first person shooter space. And I think that's going to be what the launch of Halo Infinite is all about. From campaign to multiplayer, they're going to remind you why Halo is so special and so important. 
Agreed. Agreed. Now, not once in this trailer did I see Craig or a brute, to say the least. Uh, I'm simultaneously happy and displeased by that. Uh, I agree. Because, Hard agree. <laughs> because I, I wanted to know where that was along the way. But I also appreciate that the message is not clouded by any jokes or memefied uh, elements because there's a lot to celebrate in this. Uh, so cheers to anybody, whether you're single player or multiplayer, invested or interested in Halo I think you'll be very pleased with your time spent. Uh, and I'm curious down the line to find out about people that don't like Halo, aren't into it, uh, if they give it a shot by way of Xbox Game Pass or the free multiplayer. There's a lot of things riding on Halo, but it looks like it's in a very healthy direction. I, I hope so. I want Halo to hit in a big way. I want people to love, fall in love with Halo the same way I did back in the day. And, you know, all signs are pointing to that's the the intention and the goal of this game. So I'm hoping it dunks on it. But I do have one weird, I guess, comment or thing I noticed is mm-hmm. we got a release date for Starfield, which is next November. Mm-hmm. We did not get a release date for Halo Infinite. We just got holiday 2021, which I thought was incredibly weird. I noticed the exact same thing, and I think there are a couple reasons or elements to this. We know that in November, on November 9th, which is a Tuesday, we will see Forza Horizon 5, which was announced later in the show. We also know that it's holiday 2021 for Halo Infinite. In my mind, November 7th makes sense because it's 117. You know, that might be a fun date there, and, and we know Xbox likes to play with their dates. Simultaneously, we don't know the release dates for Breath of the Wild 2, this often rumored super switch, if that's even real at this point, and yeah. Horizon Horizon uh, Forbidden West. And those are set to be heavy hitters of games uh, alongside staples like Call of Duty. Perhaps they're just figuring out the best time slot to release it because they've had plenty of time to refine it. Uh, I, I, we didn't get flighting information either for beta, I don't believe, unless I missed something. No, um, a little disappointed there as well. Yeah, I would expect we find out more in July, if I had to guess. Yeah, and so you you bring up some interesting points. Phil Spencer came out on stage at one point during the show and talked about how they want to make sure you have, every single month there's going to be one kind of key pillar game they're releasing in the Xbox Game Pass, and they stressed that. So I'm wondering if, you know, they're, they're waiting to see what PlayStation does, what Nintendo does, and I'm almost wondering now if Halo Infinite's going to be a December game, because did we see a big pillar game in december we have forza in november November. and we have now we have back for blood in october October, right and then what was september was there anything Uh, i know top of my head i'm not remembering but i'm sure there is a nine release date in my notes i'm I'm looking through as we talk uh but and then august was psychonauts too so there's up until december there's one notable game i can point to that's launching an xbox game pass it is true. I think it would be a mistake to miss the Black Friday opportunities of, of Halo. Agreed. I think, I think that would be a, a mistake. That's just an important day, even though I'm not a big... I mean, I don't do any shopping on Black Friday anymore. Amazon is my friend. Nonetheless, uh, there's a lot of marketing opportunities there, but perhaps they they burned a lot of their marketing budget for this game and all of the collectibles that are surrounding my room right now. Uh, maybe they, they get, they're hoping the game will speak for itself, but December is a good time too. I mean, it, wherever it lands, it's going to be big. It's a matter of making sure it's the right spot. And so they maybe they are really waiting for release dates. Who knows? Yeah, because there's been kind of this rumor. I don't know what the credibility is, but there was there was talks of Halo Infinite maybe launching in September. 
But mm -hmm. now after this trailer confirming holiday, September is certainly not within the window of holiday 2021. Agreed. Agreed. And so I'm curious. Well, I keep saying I'm curious and I genuinely am. There's a lot to be curious about uh, as far as release dates and talking points. Uh, and it could be that they want to see how the, the multiplayer betas play out overall and make sure everything is, is looking good and looking solid. Uh, I can't imagine it's production stuff because the game is cross-gen. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, beyond Halo, we saw Plague Tale 2. We saw Far Cry 6, which I'm really tired of seeing. Yeah, uh, agree. Diablo, Diablo 2 uh, is getting its remaster release in September, uh, on September 23rd. I know a lot of people are ecstatic for that old school vibe there. Uh, and then we saw a, a slew of indie games. Did any of those kind of jump out to you from Diablo, Plague's Tale, Far Cry, any of that? A lot of them did. That's one thing I was really excited about. Like even the stuff I am not the most like fanatic about like Forza mm -hmm. Horizon 5. I'm not huge in racing games, generally speaking. Flight Simulator, not big in a simulation games, generally speaking. But a lot of stuff that was shown, I was interested in. So Diablo 2 uh, resurrected, I should say. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I'm ready. Diablo 2 is one of the games I put thousands of hours into back in the day. I am so ready. Uh, we got a release date for that. That's September. Unfortunately, that is not launching an Xbox Game Pass, but I'm there day one. And one thing I did love about the show is they were showing you games running on the Xbox Series X. So, mm -hmm. so even though Far Cry 6, I'm, I'm, I am also tired of seeing it. We got to see what it was going to run like on the Xbox Series X. And a lot beautiful. of these trailers are telling you like, these are the benefits of the Series X. So mm -hmm. Diablo, 4K60. So that was something that we saw consistently. So it was really cool this time around, especially compared to last showcase that we got these games running on the Series X and we know how they're going to look on the Series X. But Plague Tale Requiem, whew, I'm, I'm ready for that. The first one is such a compelling, incredible game and it had such a small budget. Mm -hmm. um, so it was really, really great to see a sequel coming um presumably on a much larger scale with a much bigger budget if if the trailer although it was cg is any any indication of that consistently i hear good things about a plague tale uh the first one innocence i think it was called uh nonetheless i did not play it and i wasn't overly interested in it the trailer was impressive uh, and I, I tipped my hat, I suppose, as it were, kind of this section of the show, because after the great news of Sea of Thieves, Halo and Starfield, they kept the pacing going rather well. Uh, they mixed in these indie titles. They mixed in some of these smaller AAA, AA titles like like A Plague Tale, which did really indeed look great. Uh, I agree with you about seeing some of that Series X gameplay. That was awesome. Uh, there was a game called Shredders that I was really into. The very zen-like snowboarding game. It gave me SSX vibes, which was dope. Uh, that that stood out to me. I thought it was Steep at first, or Riders Republic, and it wasn't either. It was Shredders. Not that that was uh, impressive. Also, Miles, I just dropped it into our, our DMs. I just got word while we were recording that there is a Halo Infinite multiplayer overview on Halo Infinite's official YouTube page taking place on June 14th at 11 a.m. So by the time this episode is live, everyone, there will be an overview of Halo Infinite's multiplayer uh, on its official channel. That'll be interesting to see for sure. Yes, because I, as much as I liked what they sh were showing of the Halo Infinite multiplayer, mm -hmm. I was hoping for that deep dive. So mm -hmm. yeah, I just see that link now and I will 
be, be watching that the second it goes live because I want to see the full spread. I would right. love, love for them to show off a new mode. I feel like they would have done that as part of the E3 showcase if they're if they were going to, but you know, maybe, just maybe we'll see something in this multiplayer breakdown. But oh yeah. I'm I'm ready for that. And I'm glad they're continuing. I, I kind of expected there would be the reveal and then supplemental stuff along the way. Indeed. Indeed. And that's what they should do. That's what they should do. Learn those lessons. I think that PlayStation does so well with its state of plays, having those deep dives, uh, but letting an, an Xbox flavor exist for it. So cheers to them and good luck for that. I'm looking forward to it, uh, to say the least. Beyond that, we saw Atomic Heart replaced, which is a dope little indie game. Grounded made an appearance yet again. That's Obsidian's smallest team. Uh, that's the one that debuted into uh, game preview with like a million players. Really, really impressive showing. They had some humor in their trailer with the spiders, uh, adding achievements to the game. I'm really happy to see Grounded continuing to uh, go up there. Among Us landed in, which I know several people were stoked about. I am not. Uh, on that front among uh, us what's that what among us is that how you pronounce it oh no it's just the meme way to pronounce it just smashing oh. among us together into one word as a middle school teacher the amount of times that i was forced to hear the word sus was absurd <laughs> and it was i i can't recover from it no sus has been beaten to death buried dug out of the grave and then beaten even more I, yeah. I I'm so tired of hearing sauce. I, Same. I can't. And I'm not even a middle school teacher. This is just me going on twitter.com. You're sounding very sus, Miles. <laughs> God. I'm sorry. I had I had to do it. I I, no. I I felt bad the moment I said it. I was like, this is too much. And there I was. Don't do it. You did it. And I, I commend your commitment. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. Uh Euclidean Chronicles. I think that's what it was. Euden, Eudian. Oh, that you know what? I got to give a quick shout out to that for the JRPG fans. I will say I used to love JRPGs. Mm -hmm. I have fallen out of love in a hard way with most JRPGs, especially turn-based. But that that trailer got me feeling a certain way. It looked like the, it's one of those 2.5D, so it's got the pixel art in a 3D kind of setting, but it looked really really good. They showed two games for it too, didn't they? Twenty. It was like a one-two punch. Yeah, it was like here's the main one, and here's like the side one that's good, like a kind of a two D side-scrolling beat 'em up. It looked like for a company like Xbox that has really done a good job to fill its gaming gaps, as it were, with RPGs and acquisitions of different studios. Uh, the JRPG realm and that the Japanese connection is missing however they're doing a good job at bringing yakuza into game pass bringing uh, a lot of different titles from around the world and games like this as well to satiate fans of jrpgs uh, i still don't think it's the best place for them so if you're a jrpg fan you wouldn't be going to get an xbox if that's the only thing you liked but this is good news for for gamers on that front yes i i have to commend xbox on the variety of genres that they showed at their showcase there was something for everyone here which if you're trying to build up xbox and xbox game pass uh specifically that's the way to do it 
Two other games stood out to me kind of in that smaller realm, Atomic Heart and Replaced. Very different tones, but both were, I thought, really cool looking. Replaced was that 2D, not quite cyberpunk s aesthetic, and then it, I thought it was going to be a, like a, a visual novel, and then it broke into some really cool pixel action. Uh, that one looked super dope. And then Atomic Heart, I thought was Fallout at one point, and it really wasn't. It was like a Wolfenstein meets Fallout meets something I'm not sure about. I thought those were cool. Atomic Heart, I've been watching that game like a hawk for years now because it seems to be capturing the weird vibe of Bioshock. This is that's like kind a game of a, that's that we've heard about before, Miles. I'd never heard of it. Yeah, it's like a started off as like an indie project. It was revealed a couple years ago. It's been in development for a long time. People were expecting it last year and then maybe this year, but um, yeah, it's it's pretty much the Bioshock reboot that I've been wanting. Like after seeing what we saw of Atomic Heart, I don't even really care as much about Bioshock 4 anymore because it looks, Atomic Heart seems like it's going to scratch that itch in such a big way for me. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, Again, Replace looked good. Then they showed some of the Ascent, which continues to impress. I am... I'm thrilled to see where the Ascent is taking gamers uh, for sure. And then beyond that, Age of Empires getting uh, a lot of love, a lot of love for PC gamers. And I know that uh, many of my friends are really stoked for what this game has to offer. Um, I was glad to see a, a PC game in the Windows Showcase, or Windows Showcase, in the Xbox Bethesda Showcase, um, because there are a lot of gamers out there that are gaming just on their PC, and this is for them. Yeah, exactly. That's one of those things where... Xbox has said they are taking PC gaming more seriously and having a big showpiece like Age of Empires 4, which in the PC community is a huge deal. Age of Empires 2, one of the PC games I played more than any other. Um, and it seems like Age of Empires 4 is kind of hearkening back to what was so amazing about Age of Empires 2 because the reception for Age of Empires 3, generally positive, but mixed compared to age of empires 2 and it seems like they've kind of gone back to basics well again kind of like halo infinite while also introducing modern features that people want so yeah that was cool i'm glad we saw a a pc exclusive at the xbox game showcase agreed agreed after that i (laughs) i'm laughing before i talk about it I was really thrilled by this trailer, and then I found out what it was, and I tipped my hat to the team behind The Outer Worlds 2. I know Obsidian's getting a lot of love, and they deserve it. Uh, (laughs) That trailer had me chuckling something fierce. The dialogue was hilarious. The game looked uh, great, but they talked about things like, and we don't know anything except for the title we were too lazy to put anything together except for a silhouette. And it was, it just got me. I thought that was great. Outer Worlds 2, exclusive to game, to Xbox, I should say. Yes, the Obsidian, I was talking about this during the live stream we did. They are the new kings of trailers. The Grounded trailer that we saw and the Outer Worlds 2 trailer that we saw were perfect. They just made fun of all of the cliches in video game trailers. Uh, They are not taking themselves too seriously. Uh, and they're just hilarious. Like I was legitimately laughing out loud during the grounded trailer and the outer worlds or yeah, the outer worlds two trailer. And me, I was so shocked by how much I loved the outer worlds. When the outer worlds was re- revealed, I was like, okay, here we go again. Fallout, fallout one more time with a different setting. And then I played it 
and the world, the story, the characters, everything about the Outer Worlds I loved. When I when I wrapped up that game, I was wanting more immediately. And getting a sequel announced this soon, soon just kind of shows how important that IP was to a lot of people. So I'm ready. Obsidian is one of the best gets for Xbox, hands down. That t- that studio, that yeah, that studio is just killing it. Easily. Easily, I would argue their best get for all the love and appreciation that Bethesda and so many others are uh, deserving. I think Obsidian has the most potential to be Xbox's insomniac, as it were. I mean, they're just leaps and bounds impressing on several levels, and they've got several teams cranking different types of games as well. And while the the Outer Worlds never really spoke to me, it's not my kind of game, and, and it really wouldn't be, um, I know, I, I mean, I saw Twitter explode explode with excitement for uh the brand and that means excitement for xbox which only bodes well uh, for game pass in the future for sure did you see the flight simulator content flight simulator of course uh coming to consoles in july late july which is really great for a lot of people that are into it did you see just how good this game looks visually dude dude yes right like (laughs) We got to see it running on the Series X, which I like. We know Flight Simulator looked phenomenal running on PCs, but I had friends with really high end. We're talking two over two thousand dollar rigs, talking about how Flight Simulator was pushing their machines. Their fans were going into overdrive running Flight Simulator. So I was like, "Whew, that's kind of scary to hear." I wonder how the Series X is going to run it. And then we saw it running in engine on the Series X, and I was like damn that is mm-hmm. looking good that is looking really good and i cannot wait to play that on series x granted i probably won't play it long but i will i'll download the 200 gigs or however meaty that thing is and oh, i no. will check it out I, I i have no interest in flight simulator in simulator playing it or at least i should say i had no interest because i I wouldn't download 200 gigs just to play it for 10, 15 minutes. I would look at screenshots and marvel at its beauty, but a lot of people are really into it. Now I say that miles knowing that full well, when I heard that top gun chime, I was like, Oh, Oh, what was that? And then I saw they're doing like a free DLC uh, or expansion. I should say they're calling it an expansion in the trailer for top gun Maverick, putting an F 18 in there. I was like, "Hmm, maybe I will download this bad boy. Just maybe. Just me. I, I was kind of confused because I, I, I almost thought for a second they were doing a f- Top Gun game to coincide mm-hmm. with a movie. And I was like, oh, no, please don't. Please don't do a Top Gun game. <laughs> please. And then I was like, oh, yeah, this is following Flight Simulator. This is probably just some DLC. And I was like, OK, oh, thank goodness. Oh, thank I, I was I was into it, um, but I agree with you. Yeah, a, a, a franchised game or I should, yeah, no, that was not what I was was thinking. And it was cool also to watch them go from like this high fidelity, incredible, incredibly visual uh, flight simulator, Top Gun expansion thing into Forza Horizon five. Those together are just just this dynamic duo of visuals uh, and vehicles. I was stunned, stunned going from one to the other and seeing just how good these games look and Forza Horizon 5 set in Mexico which we we all were thinking at this point they spent a good while on it in the showcase which I which surprised me it's been a longer time than I was expecting but man miles I I keep saying how impressed I was and I was off my rocker seeing the rocks 
and the background while you drove through with these water effects and the lighting. I mean, it. you could have told me looking at the cars, I would have said, okay, this is Forza Horizon 4 on a Series X or whatnot. Sure, sure, sure. But then when I saw it driving and the reflections in the, in the windows and seeing the shadows bounce around, again, to any listener, go back to the 4K trailer. See the detail we're talking about. It was nuts. And I love that it's Horizon, not Motorsport. Uh, man, dude, I, it was day one by anyway for me. Game Pass, for sure. But I'm just, I'm, oh my goodness, Miles. My excitement cannot be contained. I was yelling at Jazz when we were watching this. And I was like, dude, this is a video game. This is a video game. Watching them do the talk about the photogrammetry for these scenes that they scanned, listening to them talk about how every single needle on the cactuses are modeled. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe the scenes look so real. Like it would cut to a different, like just landscape view in engine, just kind of panning slowly. I'm like, this looks like reality. That's always kind of, you know, hyperbole when you say like these graphics are photorealistic. They are lit, literally photorealistic in this case. And I couldn't believe how incredible it looked. And I know people were kind of like iffy on Mexico as a setting because everyone wanted Japan, but I think they did an incredible job in this showcase showing you why Mexico is the perfect setting for a Forza Horizon game. They showed you going into a volcano. Like like the biomes they showed were nuts. I was not in the Japan camp, though I understand why, but the biomes were incredible from the volcano to the, to the small outskirts of, of small towns on the sand to, to, I don't know if you would call them wastelands, but I wouldn't call it that, but just seeing all, all the different flora and the mountains in the background, it was dope. And then they added in some arcadey flair with this pinata popping thing, you know, like it was cool. And then they showed the basically Forza forge mode at the end. They're like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? We know you guys like the ridiculous stuff. We know you just want to have ridiculous fun with your friends. So here you go. Make your own chaos. And I that's when I was like, okay, Forza Horizon 5 is going to explode. This game is going to be huge. I hope that with all these brilliant models and these Forge modes and everything else, we see more of those crossovers with other Xbox properties and now Xbox and Bethesda properties. I loved that Halo track in forza horizon 4 i want to see if thieves track i want to see us rolling through with with doom guy i want to see vehicles from fallout i want to i want to see these crossovers in this already stunning world uh because to me those are the most fun forza horizon is about being uh, hilarious and silly and arcadey alongside those car nuts and i feel like they they would it would just be this perfect blend because i'm not a car guy but i'm a forza horizon guy that's on the same way. I didn't really, I'll be honest, the first Forza Horizon I seriously tried was Forza Horizon 4 by by virtue of Xbox Game Pass. I saw the trailer and I was like, you know what? This looks fun. This looks really cool. I don't have to pay 60 bucks. Like, I wouldn't pay $60 normally for a Forza game. I'll just say that. It's just personally yeah. not my taste. But playing it, I ended up spending, I think, like 30 hours with Forza Horizon 4, which is yeah, not something I ever expected to do. And now with the impending launch of Forza Horizon 5, I'm ready for it. I'm excited about Forza Horizon now. Whereas previously, I didn't care about car games at all. Same, same. And I, I'm curious, like I want to know the the breakdown later on in the deep dives. You know, were these water physics, uh, were they talking to the crew behind Sea of Thieves? What were they, who were they talking to? How are they making it? Because 
everything just looks perfect in this stuff. I'm watching it right now as we speak on an OLED screen, and it's just, I mean, I, I, I have no words. I'm just at a loss. The fact that this is a video game, and you couldn't have said it better. Uh, you, I could not have said it better than you did. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss. It's cool. It's, it's, it's special. It's going to be a big deal, and you know, when they're showing you driving through the jungle and driving underneath these waterfalls and at the edge of a volcano, it's, it shows how far gaming has come and what playground games is capable of. Um, I look at that and I say, damn, Fable is going to look ridiculous. I agree. Oh man. Uh, it's, I'm just in awe. It was cool. Uh, before the end of this show, they they all they, this was kind of their big closer in terms of deep dive and and, and a good amount of gameplay. And, and it was one of the few games that really showed a lot of gameplay. Uh, we saw one more title after that, but before we saw that closing title from Arcane, uh, I they did something that I was very much hoping they would do. I know I talked about it on Bitcast and a few others, but reminding players what is to come in the world of Xbox because in the last year or so. We had announcements for Avowed and Perfect Dark, for Fable, and, and several other big hitters so that those announcements were made. And we we already had that, but people who were watching this show might have needed a reminder. And I thought Spencer and the team did a good job at discussing those things and showing a lot of what is to come for Microsoft and Xbox ecosystem players. Uh, a lot of good stuff on the horizon. And then they closed out with, Re- with uh, Redfall which looks dope, dope. Uh, talk to me about the end of the show as you were watching them close out. Did you have similar feelings to me? Uh, different feelings? Did you think something was missing? What you got? I, again, um, going into the show, I was people wanted me to rate what I was expecting. And, I, and going into the show, I, I was at like a nine out of 10 because I kind of had my expectations. I had my thoughts on how Xbox would perform, I didn't expect them to do exactly what I hoped from this show. And like you said, the messaging of the show was clear. They told you what the purpose of this game showcase was. They were showing you what the next year of Xbox looks like. This isn't a, a, a dive deep into the future of Xbox. This is to get you excited about the stuff that is coming very soon. And these games are coming to Xbox Game Pass. And here's why in the next year, you should be excited about Xbox and you should be excited about Xbox Game Pass because their big finale, Redfall, uh, the new arcane project, this open world co-op vampire shooter is coming the next summer which yeah. you that's rare that we get a new IP like that, a new big IP in that way, and it comes in a year. So that's exciting. So I'm glad that Phil came out, talked about all this, stressed the fact that they want to give you one big Xbox Game Pass game every single month. That's their goal. They're going to give you one big noteworthy Xbox Game Pass game per month. And they've stressed that this is one year. This is just the year. We know we talked about Everwild. We know we talked about Fable. We know we talked about Hellblade 2. Those aren't coming this year, so we're not going to talk about them this year. So just imagine how stacked the next E3 is going to be. And E3s for years to come, if they're able to hit that cadence. And all signs point to them being able to do it. I mean, I've, I've said this before, and I will reiterate. They fixed their hardware. They fixed their services. Now it's a matter of games, and that's all this show was about. So uh, again, I'm I'm riding very high on this one. 
Uh, Miles, let's do. Let's take. We have some listener questions. Why don't we get to that? Let's do it. Blaze Knight writes in with his thoughts on the show. He says so many of these games just looked beautiful, but as per usual, Forza takes the cake as the most beautiful photorealistic video game consistently. Xbox is going to be going hard. I'm really excited about the great titles. Uh, I'll get to enjoy day and date on Game Pass. Not a question, but I think a vibe that many people are feeling uh, after the fact, Miles. I agree. It's It feels so good to leave an Xbox showcase, jump on Twitter, and just see so much positivity. Because I'm kind of in the same camp with you following last showcase. I didn't think the Halo showing was bad. Like, I left pretty excited about it. I was like, yeah, I can't wait to play Halo. I go on Twitter and... Oh my, yeah. people were not excited about that. And I was like, ah, okay, that, that kind of sucks. Catch uh, but, guard. Yeah. but this time around, I, I jumped off expecting to see like, oh, well, Xbox isn't doing what they need to do or Xbox is doing all the, all the typical rhetoric that gets thrown around whenever there's an Xbox show. And I'm not seeing any of that. I'm not, I haven't seen a single person on my timeline saying Xbox disappointed me. And for me, that's amazing, and I'm sure for the team at Xbox, they feel really, really good about what they've shown. We had, I saw Herman Holst of PlayStation come out and say, amazing job, Xbox. You, you showed a bunch of games, and it's a great time to be a gamer. So you had one of the, the key people, the head of PlayStation games, commending Xbox on the showing, which is always cool to see, because you know, there's, there's the fanboy discourse that happens, but people in the industry are always trying to support each other and lift each other up. And that's a, a great reminder of that. So yeah, the energy is in the air. It feels good. And I, I said this on my, my podcast yesterday before the show that there really has never been a better time to be an Xbox fan genuinely. And one authentically there, there really hasn't. I, I could not agree more. And I, I felt very much the same way in those particular concepts there. And I think Kevin and many others agree with you. Kevin wrote in, he said it was phenomenal, 9 out of 10, something for everyone from RPGs to FPS to even a JRPG. Games are coming the rest of this year, and 2022 looks stacked. John Wall from the Mega Dads wrote in as well. He said this showing was stellar, one of their best E3 showings. So many games, so much variety, and getting to play almost all of them on Game Pass was insane. Um, I agree with everything that these guys are, are saying so far and right with you. I love when I see people like Herman Holst uh, responding and offering praise and vice versa. I cannot stand the rhetoric of, of console wars. I very much enjoy the, you know, rising tides lift all boats. So it was really cool uh, to find out about that. I had not seen Herman Holst's comment just yet. So I'm glad to see that stuff there. Cause I think it really does help everybody when they play nice. Yeah. Mostly. It's obviously there business on that level there is extreme competition Absolutely. and they are trying to make money whatever that takes so there's aggressive deals happening behind the scenes but it is cool on the surface to remind everyone that it's it's gaming and gaming as a hobby should be fun should be exciting and we're not we don't hate each other because we're in opposite camp opposite camps Colin Womack wrote in Miles and he said, maybe I was missing it, but I noticed a lacking of Xbox under one of the platforms. I was also uh, on Xbox one under the platforms. Okay. He was saying he didn't see a lot of Xbox one titles. Uh, and he was also wondering about where in the world compulsion games is uh, compulsion, certainly absent. And Colin, I noticed a similar thing, which I 
was actually glad about. I saw xCloud a lot more often uh, than I was expecting, and that pleased me as well. But yeah, Miles Compulsion was conspicuously absent there. Yes, we know Compulsion is hard at work on on their next IP. And Compulsion is one of those studios that showed a ton of promise with We Happy Few. While I didn't love the game, I loved the world that they created with that. And I cannot wait to see what a big budget Compulsion Games title looks like under Xbox Game Studios. I'm imagining because Xbox has done an incredible job pacing this year when it comes to dominating headlines, getting people talking about Xbox, getting people excited about Xbox. They have been doing that consistently. And I don't think that's going to stop. That is a very purposeful marketing strategy that every week, every other week, they are going to have a headline. And so later on in the year, there's a good chance we, we maybe see stuff from the coalition, we maybe we see Hellblade 2, these games that people are asking about and want to see more of, Xbox is going to, you know, spread the love out. Instead of dumping everything at one showcase, they're going to give you one stack showcase. And then later on in the year, they're like, and there's more. We're not done here. All right. This is, we gave you one year. Here's another year out. And they're going to keep that cadence. Um, so yeah, we didn't see co- uh, Compulsion, but that doesn't mean we won't see Compulsion this year. And I think to any listener that is feeling similar to Colin right now, keep in mind the Game Awards is a fantastic place to round out your year, give people good mindset going into the holiday and looking forward to the future. For goodness sakes, that's where they announced the Xbox Series X. I have to imagine they're holding some stuff in reserve uh, for the Game Awards to continue celebrating their future. But this holiday is stacked in a way that I was not expecting it to be. I was rather... Uh, I was like, man, what's coming out this year? What is it? And now I'm now I'm sitting to myself thinking, how am I going to have time to get to all of this great stuff? And I know some things are going to fall by the wayside. Um, and it's a good problem to have for sure, particularly in the Xbox space where we were so dry through uh, the first half of the Xbox One generation. So all in all, man, I left feeling thrilled, thrilled with a really impressive E3 showcase. And I don't think in its exaggeration to say that, um, Pretty pleased, pretty pleased, Miles. Closing thoughts for us, man. Yeah, I just, I think Xbox did exactly what they needed to do and exactly what I wanted them to do. They gave you 90 minutes of reasons why Xbox Game Pass is awesome. The future of Xbox Game Pass or Xbox Game Studios is exciting. And why, if you love gaming, you should be excited about Xbox as as a brand and as a platform. And there's, you know, obviously some of the narrative is louder in certain camps and this isn't the majority, but I think at this point, like if you are a PlayStation fan or a Nintendo fan more than you're an Xbox fan, I feel like objectively it's going to be really, really difficult for anyone who loves video games to look at what Xbox is doing and say, that doesn't interest me. To me, I think that's borderline impossible at this point. And we haven't even seen things like Hellblade 2 and Fable hit yet. So I thought the messaging was perfect. I thought the pacing was perfect. And overall, I'd give this show a solid 9 out of 10. 100% agree. I I was very pleased. I also gave it a 9 out of 10. Uh, Impressed, pleased, hopeful, lots of things to celebrate, guys. Uh, I hope that you all enjoyed the show. Go back and watch some of those trailers that you liked in 4K. I think you'll be very pleased and impressed 
Oh, man. Miles Dompier of Windows Central. Let people know where they can find you. Find all of the content that you're putting out, which is an absurd amount of content for sure, man. Let us know where we can find you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Miles Dompier on Twitter if you want to follow me there. Um, and, yeah, most of my the stuff that I put out is over on the old Windows Central Gaming YouTube channel. So you might know my partner in crime over there, Jez Corden. You might know what we do when it comes to the, the writing side but I've been kind of the person behind the scenes on the video side, kind of building up our presence there. So yeah, that's mostly where you can find me. If you want to send me memes, I'm on Twitter, probably too much. Thank you for joining me, Miles. You guys can find me on Twitter at InsipidGhost. And of course, you can find this show on all your podcast services and youtube.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. That's it for me. Take care, everybody. Thank you.